Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Outside your window may be a piece of whoo right now, but here on Post Show Recaps, everything is super as we are talking about the Peacemaker finale. Do you really, do you really want to hear it? It's the Peacemaker podcast on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by a man who I don't want to tell you what he does with fish. Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin! I mean, I eat them on a regular basis. I'm having sushi for lunch today, so uh-huh. that's where yeah. I am with fish. Seafood is probably my favorite. Yeah. Food, uh, it's true fact. Kevin Mahadeo Fs up fish. Uh, he <laughs> Fs do. them up. Uh, I hate them. I don't like going in the water because of fish. I will fight fish, but that's their turf. Wait, you don't like going land? in the water because of fish? Oh, because like there's just monsters in the sea. I uh-huh. hate the ocean. There's yeah. just creatures in there. We don't belong in there. Like it's, it's the eels. The, We're trying there. to clear out the eels so that we may be able to habitate the ocean at a future point in time, depending on Under how the popular. Sea, Josh, that's where get. we got to be. <laughs> yes, uh, just a little bit of Severance uh, shout outs for the people watching Severance new podcast that we're doing here on. Post Are Show people Recaps. underwater in Severance? Well, not nah, well. It depends on who you believe, but I don't want to. <laughs> get any deeper into that uh severance great show so far having a really fun time talking about that with uh dr amanda and your ya co-host 
Melissa Woodward uh, hanging out in the Posture Recaps main feed right now. How cool. dare Melissa do other podcasts? Uh, <laughs> it's great. It's super, super fun. The show itself has like a lot of big brain stuff going on. And so we have two big brained co-hosts alongside my small, feeble brained self. <laughs> uh, it's really, really fun. We're having a great time. If you're watching Severance, it's a really good show on Apple TV Plus that I think is like very much one of those shows that demands podcast coverage. We got you covered. We've got a really fun show for you. Check it out. We've got a Severance podcast, posterrecaps.com slash severance. That's the totally unrelated to Peacemaker plug. Uh, I want to give like a little bit of room for people to leave this podcast if they haven't watched the Peacemaker finale yet and somehow have managed to dodge spoilers from the Peacemaker finale up to this point. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the Peacemaker finale in a few moments. This is really your last warning if you haven't seen the episode yet. What I'll say even before we get into just like super detailed spoilers, Kevin, is I'm just so happy that the show is going to come back. I'm so happy that Peacemaker has been what uh, by all accounts is not just a huge success for HBO Max, but apparently like HBO Max's biggest success yet. Correct. Uh, and that's just fantastic news. It's going to have a second season. James Gunn's going to direct the whole thing. Yep. You got to imagine the vast majority of the main cast is going to be coming back. And I love that that's the case, Kevin, but I also love that season one didn't end with a cliffhanger and season one of Peacemaker, it's its own thing and it feels incredibly good. And it ended in my opinion, remarkably well. And I just had such a blast with this show. What an incredibly great time on TV. I think after this aired, I was on the Twitters and someone said, after Peacemaker, every Marvel show should feel ashamed for what they have put out. And in a way, I kind of agree. The one that comes <laughs> close is Hawkeye as being pretty good. Like, I, I loved Hawkeye. But comparatively, I think Peacemaker honestly blows so many of those shows out of the water. Like, it's not even a contest for me. In terms of just doing something original, telling such a full story that's self-contained without talking to a broader um, universe or having to set up stuff, like, it just felt right having great character arcs and character journeys. Of course, references, cameos that you just wouldn't expect. My God. I know. You thought, you thought that Kingpin was a shocker. Holy crap. Uh, and just, yeah, all of it came together so well. I don't normally, after a show is over, I don't normally go online and look up interviews, but I did. I read uh, like three interviews that James Gunn did. Usually he says the same thing because all interviews are the same as, as people who worked in the industry knows. Um, but like hearing him talk about like season two got me excited. The fact that after Guardians, he is going to move away from movies to concentrate on TV because this seems to be the thing he's going to be invested in. Is that what, is he's, fantastic. That's what yes. he said in interviews? Yes. Wow. He said in interviews that after Guardians 3, he's filming it right now. In fact, he did all of his interviews on the set of Guardian 3. Um, he's going to focus on TV. TV is going to be his new project, which I think is really awesome. Peacemaker being one of them. And he teased that there's other stuff he can't talk about, which I think is fantastic, exciting, awesome as hell. Um, just like this finale. This finale was so goddamn good. It was so goddamn good. Yeah, it was really terrific. Uh, it was not like, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't massive in sort of these ways that the that the Marvel Disney Plus shows have all been, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of episodes that then, you know, that are often very interesting and then lead to as you like to say punchy kicky stuff. Yes. Um there was, you know, 
I guess, punchy, kicky stuff in the Peacemaker finale, but nothing that was out of step with all of the punchy, kicky stuff that we had gotten previously in the show. It, it wasn't was just... a CG fest, which is right. so many, not just Marvel, but also DC. It, it degrades into that CG fest, right? Of just like, here's some colored lights. Um, and I love that this movie was, or movie, this show, the big finale was choreographed in the action and the big CG thing was more about the emotional choice versus like a big punchy kicky. Although seeing Peacemaker punchy kicky that cow would have been. <laughs> Could have been amazing, but it just would have looked, you know, unless they, unless they really threw budget at it. But even then, I just don't know. And I think that what what this show really demonstrated, um, and I don't know if you watched this, Kevin, uh, but there's this gag reel that's circulating that is like all the bloopers from making Peacemaker season one. Uh, and it's so much fun. Uh, it's just John Cena and the whole cast being hilarious and constantly oh, breaking and improvising and forgetting now. their lines. Uh, and it, it's not just very, very funny, but it also deeply stresses all of the reasons why Peacemaker was great. And it's the cast. It's the people. You know, these stories are always at their best when you can buy into who these characters are and their relationships with one another. And so much of that is sold by production design and costuming and uh, just lots of great writing choices as well. But so much of it is the cast and the actual human people that embody these characters. And I think that Peacemaker, the finale, really leaned into that in a way that if you had uh, Chris like mounting the cow and trying to like milk the cow in like some sort of horrible, you know, Marvel cinematic universe facsimile. Like it just would have looked ridiculous and would have been so far away from the strengths of the show uh, that even like, you know, bringing in the justice league to punch up the cow uh, and like actually seeing that I think would have been really unsatisfying in a lot of ways that seeing the justice league in the way that you do see them in this episode was actually tremendously satisfying for a lot of these same reasons of like grounding it in the actors, grounding it in the people. So uh, uh, I don't know. I was, I was thrilled with all of it. I thought it was all. Are great. you telling me that uh, having an entire show or story dedicated to a certain group of people and then bringing in at the very end, uh, older characters who are connected to something else that relate to this, but really had no part in a story. And then they save the day and it's all focused on them creates a bad story. That's weird. Uh, I'm specifically about? talking about something that I know some people might catch, but I don't want to say here in case people haven't watched it. Um, but something else did that and did it badly. I'm glad that they restrained themselves here. Uh, what I um, offended Josh uh, that you listed all the human actors. How dare you? besmirch that extremely well-trained eagle that did so much work on set let me bes let me besmirch him let me besmirch him more for you kevin eagly lvp least valuable <laughs> player eagly almost ruined the whole day eagly doing his best okay he is an eagle is that he... fights following orders very difficult for for eagles you know uh he, has, he needs a freedom to do what he chooses to do. And that is dropping. The Eagly, you had one job. <laughs> you had one job, Eagly. You had one job. It was to bring the helmet to the doorstep of the cow instead of 
off into the forest very far away to have our gang just searching the forest for freaking helmets. <laughs> but it made for some great It was great. great it was great. Eagly uh-huh. MVP, obviously. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Peacemaker finale. Uh, of course, Kevin and I also do extra. Everything is extra super. It's our bonus podcast for the patrons of Post Show Recaps. We keep that free to listen to on patreon.com slash post show recap. So even if you're not a patron of post show recaps, you just go to patreon.com slash post show recaps, seek out the extra podcasts and give them a listen right on the website. More convenient to be a patron, of course, and get the patron podcast feed so you can listen to it in your podcast feed alongside Kevin's Harry Potter podcast on YA. Uh, But I bring it up because we're not just talking about the Peacemaker finale today. Kevin and I have also reached the season one finale of X-Men, the 1990s cartoon show. So we're going to be recording that after we record this Peacemaker podcast. If you've been following along or if you've been looking for an excuse to check out our X-Men coverage, I think we're going to have a lot of really fun stuff to say over there. So that's patreon.com slash show recaps. We will explain to you why my watch, it's been magnetized. Uh, lots of really fun stuff to talk about today uh, as Kevin and I continue our insane amounts of coverage of all things super heroic, not just here on Everything is Super, but also on Everything is Extra Super at patreon.com slash post recaps. Kevin, I was dangerously close to saying everything is extra stupid was what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, and I caught myself right before I said it. Especially with that finale, because nothing was stupid in that finale. Yeah. I'm the Spoiler, I'm so jazzed to talk about it. It'd be great. That- Season one finale of X-Men. It's super great. All right, let's throw it to a commercial right now because I want to just talk about all Peacemaker all the time uh, once we get going. So we're going to throw it to an ad at this moment in time when we come back. It's Peacemaker finale time, baby. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. 
Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. All right, we are back, Kevin. Uh, just uh, talk to me about uh, the Peacemaker finale in terms of, like, is the it, it, forget Peacemaker being the best uh, superhero show that we've talked about since doing everything is super. We could debate that for sure if you wanted to. But is there much debate about whether or not this is the best superhero show finale that we've talked about so far? I would I would give it a pretty serious upvote for, yeah, this is my favorite superhero show finale. I can't think of one that comes close to it, um, at least in recent memory. The I think the Loki thing... finale is still up there for me, I but I know that that's not the case for absolutely everybody. But I think like the thing that they strive for in the Loki finale really works for me. Um, I think eh. the rest of them I'm like a little bit, you know, hot and cold on and, and probably, uh, you know, uh, in like all of those cases, like both hot and cold. There's nothing about it's cow or never that I'm cold about. Is right. I think everything here works. The closest for the Marvel shows in recent memory is, of course, for me, Hawkeye. I think the ending was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, going way back, the only other one is Daredevil season one, probably. Uh -huh, and yeah. We had trouble there because of the costume. Um, so in terms of like the broader scale, it very well might be. There was nothing I didn't like. Uh, everything was executed extremely well. The action beats, the emotional story arcs for the characters, the emotional story arc for the main character, Peacemaker. My God, what a moment. Uh, everything, I think, played out so, so, so very well. Um, and it made me very happy. I think it's just extremely well constructed. James Gunn clearly cares about story, about characters. We see it in his work all the time. And I think that really reflects here, having him write every episode, um, having him so be such a good storyteller, I think paid off. Having him not have to answer, I guess, to higher powers and to set up something else really worked in the show's favor. Um, yeah, it, everything came together extremely well in this that like, it, it, I, I'm stupefied that Peacemaker is the one, right? Peacemaker. Peacemaker starring John Cena. What? If you told Peacemaker. me this- Peacemaker, what told a me joke. Well, we were watching- the goddamn Netflix Marvel shows, I'd be like, you're out of your goddamn mind, Joshua. Right, like, right. But yeah, it yeah. should have been a joke. It should have been a joke. And it, there were jokes, but there were so much more than jokes. Yeah, uh, I thought it was terrific. Uh, I really, I really loved the show, but I really loved the finale because of all of the various ways in which they were able to do exactly what you just talked about. Like, there were jokes. It was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. You know what I mean? There's so much that's going on in here that probably shouldn't work on paper as well as it does that you're almost on the verge of tears when economos is explaining why he's dive right you right. know like <laughs> the the dye beard origin story uh in the middle of this finale that is giving economos this uh very important role in the finale that he's the only one that the butterflies would not recognize so he has to go in and be the badass that that Chris is starting to believe that he might actually be. And on top of all of that, uh, that Economos is not just only facing his fears. Um, and they're like, should I creep down the stairs? Like, no, you just got to walk down the stairs. Walk man. like a normal person. Walk like a normal person, Economos. That he's getting caught on his way out. And uh, why do, you know, like getting like his human is being mocked for why he has this crazy dyed beard. And he has to go into all of the reasons why his human would do that, which is him just talking about himself. 
and all of the ways that he just wanted to be recognized and taken seriously. And it should be so stupid. And it's kind of really dumb, but also really tremendous. I thought that there was a lot to love about the finale, but these kind of emotional beats that maybe should have just been uh, totally laughable when you're reading them on the page are so emotionally resonant. And that is, uh, that's James Gunn in a nutshell. I think so, right? Like he just does such a good job taking what should be these over the top dumb things, but making them like a real moment, a real character introspection. God knows I relate to, you know, Economos feeling old and the the pressing weight of mortality sinking onto me in every single waking moment. So like, I totally get it. Uh, and then you also, you have this moment, but it's not like that changes everything for him. He literally trips and breaks his leg <laughs> later on. And it's just such a perfect moment that still encapsulates who this character is. You can feel for him and then still just be like, oh my God, come on, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I loved, I loved all of that. There's just so much that happens and it's hard to know exactly how we want to do it. Do you want to crawl through the episode or should we just pull out some of the highlights? Because, I mean, we've come this far and we haven't talked about the fact that the Justice League show up. Uh, we have it, and we could we could just jump I, into that. I really do feel like maybe we want to talk about the fact that the Justice League show the up. The Justice League show that up. That they spend Two actual actors from the Justice League. Not just, like, the silhouettes, which is what you think at first. No, no, no. They spend... Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller are there it they is they they spend significant moments within this episode trashing aquaman specifically yes. about how aquaman has sex with uh aquatic animals uh and uh how it's just another crazy thing that peacemaker says about all of the various superheroes he's encountered except uh economist backs him up on what did he say about green arrow uh, he dresses like a unicorn, I mm -hmm. think. <laughs> He's like, that one's true. Uh, and so but you, maybe you think if they're going to get superheroes showing up, if they're going to get the Justice League showing up, that green air. No, it is like the cinematic Justice League. It is the ones who are still actively making movies. Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Ezra Miller as The Flash, both show up here uh, in in like... Yes, it's I guess like it's technically all the DCU uh, and all of those movies that are, you know, theoretically, if now like literally connected, but they are in the tonal James Gunn universe. Yes, they with are. The way that uh, Barry's like, it is true that you have sex with fish. Not with <laughs> F you, Barry. Yeah, uh, F you, Barry. That drops an F bomb. That's incredible. It's so, so good. It's so wild that this happened. I, I just wouldn't have expected him to get away with this. Uh, and I think it's kind of amazing that it happened. Um, it reminds me a lot, like, they are precious. I know DC is very precious and Warner's is very precious about their, their cinematic characters. Uh, uh, this feels like something that could have been on Harley Quinn, the animated TV show, because they, I think, have way more freedom there. Uh, but doing this here and having the actors, wow, kudos to James Gunn being able to do this. Uh, the power, I, I've joked amongst friends, and I don't think I've said it on this podcast, but I've joked amongst friends that what I think actually happened was legit. James Gunn got fired from Marvel, and DC saw an opportunity, and Warner's, I guess, saw an opportunity to swoop in, take what was arguably one of Marvel's most powerful players. And just steal them away, right? Steal him away to the DC extended universe. And they asked him, and he's like, uh, okay, but I get to do whatever I want. And they said, sure, you get to do whatever you want. 
And that's why he's able to do this stuff. I have to imagine that he was just like, I don't want any real interference, please. And they allowed it because they just wanted him that badly because of how big he was coming off of Marvel. That's been my theory. And I feel like having the Flash say that Aquaman definitely Fs fish and having Aquaman F-bomb Barry? Wow. Like, that had to have been what it was, you know? Uh, I I guess in one of the James Gunn interviews, uh, I think it came out that Ezra Miller was like a huge James Gunn fan, As and we all should be. and was really eager to to do this. So I think that the I think that the Ezra Miller stuff was filmed on the set of Guardians, Guardians 3. Three by Marvel's money, basically. So right. Marvel paid for it, but he also said. There was something else, and I don't remember what it was, that was shot, like something for Marvel that was shot on the set of Peacemaker. Right. So it's almost like a trade-off, right? Like, they they each got something. It's almost like the very hyped rivalry is not exactly real <laughs> other, other than companies <laughs> wanting to make money. Yes. Uh, like, that piece of it is real, but the bitter a blood money? feud stuff... We, we've got money? We'll do whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the bitter blood money? feud stuff is maybe a bit of a fabrication, uh, but, like, everyone wants to make money. And if that means, like, hey, can we film some stuff? Yeah, but then can you film some... Yeah, sure. Like, that's great. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the only ones who don't is, I guess, Paramount, whoever does Mission Impossible, that uh-huh. was just like, absolutely not. He is not shaving that mustache. <laughs> yeah, but that's an epic troll, and we, yes, we stand. Is. We stand. Um, so, yeah, I, I, loved the, I loved the Justice League cameo. Never in a million years did I think it was going to happen. Uh, we had talked as recently as last week's podcast about how you and I tend to watch Peacemaker really close to when we record the podcast. I had this feeling that maybe I wanted to watch it on finale day. I'm so glad that I did. Because no one has had any chill in talking about the Justice League cameo. I've been so bummed to have that spoiled for me. It was a total surprise. I texted you after I watched the finale. I was like, Kevin, you watched the finale yet? Like, no, not yet. I watched it on site. I was like, okay, Kevin. Uh, And then you were like, I guess I probably should watch that. Yeah, something about the way Josh texted that. I was just like, I'm going to watch it tonight. So I did. I was really concerned you were going to get spoiled. And I'm glad. Yeah, I'm really glad I did because I would have gotten spoiled. Like, literally the next day. It was everywhere. Uh, What, of course, is interesting. Something we should probably talk about uh, in terms of, like, I don't know, greater continuity, whatever. Uh, Notably absent, of course, in this lineup was Cyborg and Batman. Yes. Uh, we We can theorize all day about Cyborg. But what well, is- what's what's interesting is that they at least I don't know about Cyborg, but they did have a Batman actor. Hundred percent, they uh, did have a Batman actor who filmed and for whatever reason was removed from. Well, that's uh, that's part of the interviews, Josh, because uh, basically people have asked about that, and James Gunn had uh, has said that there is a reason that those two characters are gone that he can't really talk about because it plays into bigger things. Huh. So- interesting. Clearly, there's, like, bigger storylines happening, I guess. I mean, honestly, I think Cyborg is not a bigger thing. I think that one is kind of... The Ray, Fisher, the Ray yeah. Fisher versus Warner Brothers stuff. Correct. And Warner uh, Brothers just not wanting to do anything with Cyborg because it's too radioactive for them. Even though, if you watch the Snyder Cut, Ray Fisher's, like, the best part of the Snyder Cut. And it also, sucks. The whole thing sucks. The whole not, thing is trash. Not great to eliminate the one black character from the Justice League, but, you know, uh, here we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's more about Batman, right? And I think the Batman and what they're going to be doing with that. Because very, very obviously, uh, their their eggs are all in the Robert Pattinson basket right now. Uh, so I think that's where it all ties in. 
Yeah, probably. Although, just put Batman on your freaking show. We can tolerate multiple ba- Anyway, uh, I'll save this for when we do our Batman podcasting coming your way in the not terribly distant future as the Batman looms. Uh, March 4th is the uh, arrival of the Batman in theaters. Unmask the truth, Josh. Just, just have multiple Batman. We can handle various different Batman. We I don't know. Do I don't know. I don't know we if we can, can, Josh. We can do a TV Batman. We can do multiple movie Batman. We can handle confusing. this. It's be too we, confusing. Oh, it gets me so mad. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I guess for whatever reason, I hope that it means that James Gunn is going to do a Batman show. If, if I... James Gunn. If James Gunn's like, I've got a lot of TV DC things I'm going to do. If one of them was a Batman show, it would be interesting. Here's the thing. I know they're probably going to do a Batman show because that's literally all they ever do is all they ever know is Batman. I would rather James Gunn do goddamn anything else. He brought Peacemaker, a character that is barely known by goddamn anyone, especially even comic book fans. He's so obscure that he's brought him to prominence. Have him do that with somebody else, anyone else, even one of the bigger characters who can't they cannot get right just give it to james gunn and see what he goddamn does i, I want don't want I, more batman honestly i want i want a, a live action batman that isn't uh so grim and gritty oh well, that feel, you'll never get i feel like you could get a james gunn version of batman that is able to uh to to render a lot of the camp in a way that is delectable for the viewer i would uh, Love, that's the stuff that i would love to see love to see a very like adam westy not super adam westy but like just bring some of the fun back to batman would yeah, love it i think love that you it. i think you could peacemaker up batman is my point uh, but unfortunately I, this movie is probably gonna make stupid money and as usual the only lesson they'll learn is that we have to go darker and so yeah. that's probably what will happen anyway seeing the justice league was great and it was just such an unexpected payoff earlier in the episode when Adebayo was like bring in the justice right. league it's just like they're not coming uh i just thought that that was like sort of the way that you know you know it kind of speaks to the whole well why in iron man 3 why doesn't tony stark just call the rest of the avengers uh it's like well we can't have the avengers in every movie because we can't afford all of them for every movie can Uh, you well so i i really i really liked i i I thought that that was kind of like well at least they're attempting to call the justice league and that was going to be their answer and then instead they're like, no, we'll actually bring them in. Uh, this is was... also a straight up, I think, reference to the first Suicide Squad because this was such a like massive event in that movie, right? Where like Enchantress was basically destroying the city, and it's just like, why would the Justice League not show up for this? Uh, and in this, they, they it's a smaller scale thing, and they do because they probably would. So I love that this is almost an answer to one of the most, one of the many, many dumb things from yeah. the original Suicide Squad. So yeah, it's 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 unbelievable and it's amazing that this happened, and I absolutely adore it as well. Uh, okay, some other things that happened. We talked about the Economo scene. That was really, really terrific. Um, a lot of the finale, it almost felt like, oh my god, an alarming amount of the finale is spent on um, the 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 team just not. Get, gaining any ground yeah uh of, of like driving to the cow site 
and coming up with plans that aren't working out because uh, Adebayo accidentally activates the one helmet, Eagly drops the other one in the other side of the forest. And nobody wants to use the torpedo one. <laughs> no one wants to use the torpedo one. And so they just spent, I don't know how long, 15, 20 minutes of the finale. It's just them kind of wasting time. Every D&D campaign, by the way. <laughs> it, really, it really felt like that. It felt like how you spend so much time in a D&D session in Dungeons Planning and Dragons, planning what to do, and then uh, the dungeon master just kind of like, you know, nodding along, going, okay, sure. Are you guys set yet? And you're like, no, not yet. We still have a few other things we want to talk through. They're like, okay. And they're just being very patient with you. And then you enact the plan, and immediately it goes to shit. It goes uh, terrible crap. And then you just have to fight your way into where you were going. You know, that's <laughs> effectively what ends up happening here. But I. I think that on another show that isn't, you know, in touch with the characters and the character relationships, importantly, uh, I feel like there are uh, so many different versions of this where it's just not pleasurable to watch your heroes being bad at being heroes. Um, and in this case, I was so thrilled to just be spending all of this extra time cleaning helmets up out of the forest, basically. Yeah. And like, again, having these character beats and character moments. I think come together, pacing it out properly. If it was all just honestly one big action scene, the ending wouldn't be as sound when you have these moments like Autobio and uh and, and Peacemaker like mending, you know, mending the, the defenses between them, like you know, reconnecting that bond. Uh him saying, like next to Eagly, she's his best friend. That wouldn't land if you didn't spend so much of the time early on with the interactions and the and the conversations and these quieter moments. And I think James Gunn understands that. Uh, whereas I, I think you're right. Like lesser shows will just be like it's an action-filled finale. We'll get to the cleanup afterwards, and whether to pay off is worth it. We don't know. Yeah. Um. And so I, I think it's just yeah, it's it's great. It's great to have, just have them walking around looking for helmets. It's great to have them talking about all these various things. Uh. And then when the action beat happens, it's so you're so invested in these characters that when Vigilante gets shot, you're of course devastated. When Hardcore right. guys goes down, you're of course devastated. When the butterfly starts going in her mouth you're like ah you know oh. like it's it's amazing like everything feels so much more amplified so much more invested because of the time they spent to get us there yeah so uh the the action scene right so economos goes in he's able to place the helmet um we get the the crew going in and it's to the theme song yes. right uh and and getting getting this action scene uh this you know this very different, uh, th this dance of death, Kevin, uh, <laughs> to the to the title track was mesmerizing and wonderful, but also I think very effective in terms of playing with your expectations as an audience member because now it's like kind of like this rocking moment. You have a, a sense association with, do you really want to? Do you really want to taste it? And when everyone comes in shooting up butterflies, you're expecting like. This is it. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for the 11th Street kids to just rally together and just wreck shop and run this thing. And they're going to go in. But then it starts to go badly. And then Vigilante goes down and Harcourt goes down and the music morphs and starts to wash out. Uh, and I thought that that was just such a smart choice because I was completely sideswiped by it. Uh, and, and that itself is like kind of like bad on me knowing James Gunn's stuff so much that I should, uh, I should expect 
going into the final episode of a James Gunn show that it's very likely we are going to lose characters or at least characters are going to be in really grave peril. Uh, and yet when the, when the, when the song turns on when, and in my mind, while I'm watching the show and watching everybody do action packed stuff in my head, I am seeing them dance around on the sound stage too, but it doesn't go well. Uh, and I just thought that that was supremely well done. I, I think that the way that they've played with the opening credits, we talked about it last time about like the tonal whiplash, uh, you know, watching those credits right after seeing what happened to Peacemaker's brother uh, and then hearing that iconic song uh, in connection to them losing uh, was just was really, really exceptionally done. Yeah. And I think, again, it, it's 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 the easier way is to just kill off characters, right? Like have a character die to, to wait the moment. But James Gunn said in an interview is like he doesn't believe that you need to do that. Like you should only do it if it honestly makes sense for the story and if it really, you know, means something. So like killing off a character here just did, didn't make sense to him. It, it wasn't worth it. Like having them go down, having the audience be tense about it, I think is ideal. And that's what he achieved, of course, in this. And the use of the song, absolutely. He also talked about the idea of like, do you want to taste it as Harcourt is lying there tasting her own blood is very very purposeful like that's why it was done and i think it just works so goddamn well um and the action is great in the moment right but like of course ideally these characters wouldn't be able to withstand this onslaught like it's it's it it would be almost absurd for them to not go down in some way to have it be life-threatening so i do really love how it all played out um, I he's just really good at also subverting the expectation, right? Like that's basically what you're saying is that the song comes on, it's the song you know, the heroes are gonna kick ass. That's what we expect, but he's gonna subvert it by playing it out this way. And he does it several times in this episode, but I think he's not to pick on Marvel too much because I love when Marvel does it, but it's become standard for Marvel to subvert what you think is about to happen to the point that you can almost predict it, you know? Yeah. And that can get a little bit tricky. I think you can even point to the activate, you know, human torpedo. He subverts what you think is going to happen by having Autobio do it, miss completely Goff and slam into the wall. That's the Marvel joke. That's the Marvel joke. And it's done. Like, that's how Marvel would have done it. I enjoy it, but it's been done so much. And I did like it in this, but it was kind of like, okay, cool. But he does it again. He subverts the subversion by still having activate human torpedo as the moment, as the big thing that needs to happen. He just does it shortly thereafter, has Peacemaker do it, and has like it go into the cow. And I think that works really, really well. Because if you had asked me, would they have done it back to back? It's like, well, no, they did the gag. And it's just like, they did. But then again, like, it's just, it's so clever to do that. You know, it was so, I think, unexpected, at least for me. I didn't think he would have just back to back human torpedo and have it work the second time, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Adebayo just coming in also and um, killing all of the butterflies and like fulfilling her destiny as uh, the, uh, the daughter of Amanda Waller, yes. but second best friend of Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Vigilante. Don't tell but. Vigilante, though. <laughs> uh, that was so, so fun. Uh, you know, maybe a little fast considering how we saw Adebayo uh, operate during um, their previous infiltration of her thinking that she needs to shoot the corpses, uh, that she is able to just like so ruthlessly mess up all of these butterfly husks. 
I genuinely couldn't care less that she just immediately is in action hero mode uh, with like, I don't need to t spend any time thinking about, wow, that was fast because it's just tremendously satisfying to see her go in there with a peacemaker helmet on and everything. Uh, and just like seeing her like, I don't know, reputationally earn her way back into Peacemaker's good graces after the journal drop uh, was just Im immensely satisfying as far as somebody who is invested in their continued friendship. Uh, Absolutely. Really and great. I, I think, you know, I, I, there's nothing in the show that said she's not a good shot. Like when she shot um, Judo Master, it was the like uh, 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 almost a kill shot, right? When she was shooting the bodies, yes, they were stationary, but she was still making the shot. I would think like maybe she became a vet, sure. But growing up, if you don't think Amanda Waller trained her child to be a great shot, I think that's crazy. Like, of course, Amanda Waller did. So her being a really good shot wasn't too surprising to me. Um, so I think it, it makes sense if, if, you, if you read between the lines of it. But like even like you said, even if it wasn't, it's one of those things we've talked about. If the show or the movie is good enough, we're able to look over the little things, yeah. you know? It's just like, if it's really bad, we're going to pick apart the, the, the bad things really, really intensely. Yeah. Um, so um, in, uh, in, inside the compound, when Peacemaker works his way all the way to the cow, this is where he and uh, the song Butterfly uh, are able to have their conversation, where it's really revealed, from her perspective at least, what it is the butterflies are doing. And it's not that they want to like defeat humankind. It's that they want to stop humanity from uh, defeating themselves effectively. Right. Is sort of her argument of like, you guys are under the thumb of people who prioritize uh, the almighty dollar over actually uh, living uh, and that you're ruining your planet. You're ruining yourselves. You're going to do to your world what we did to ours, and we want to stop you from doing that. And Peacemaker and you, I see a, uh, a kindred spirit. You'd do anything for peace. Uh, peace at any cost. Peace at any cost. Like, why not just team up? He ultimately chooses not to. So I guess um, I my, my twofold question is, what did you think of uh -huh. the song Butterflies, um, uh, you know, like sort of explanation of what the butterflies are actually all about? And then um, how that interacts also with Peacemaker's choice um, to kill the butterflies anyway. And I yeah. guess he, he does spare her, which he is does. the third question is why do you think he does that? Yeah. Um, so uh, for the first one, to the surprise of probably goddamn no one. Uh, Kevin is hashtag butterflies were right. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> if it was me in that position, I'm like, yeah, go fucking go for it. You know, like just listen, you're right. We suck. I have stated, I think freedom is a little bit too much of a privilege for everyone in this country. But uh, in the case of Peacemaker, I loved it because for his character journey, this was it. His entire life, his entire existence, his entire modus operandi, like everything about him is peace at any cost. And he has been struggling with that idea. Even if morally, even if on the bigger picture, he maybe thought like the butterflies are right, maybe this is the wrong way, right? Like doing peace at any cost is not right. And so he's going to make this decision 
for his friends. He's going to make the decision to not give in to this mindset that he has been essentially uh, uh, programmed into. So for him, this decision is so fantastic. And I think he doesn't kill uh, Goff and the Song Butterfly because he knows to an extent, like, your motives were probably right. He sees what they're doing as what he used to do. He could understand that aspect of it. And so he wasn't going to kill uh, Goff because of that. Like, it, you know, and it is sad that Goff is going to die. He is at the end feeding Goff the last of that, like, um, honey, cow, yeah. milk, whatever. Um, and so Goff is eventually going to have no food. Uh, but, like, I, it all tracks for me. It all absolutely makes sense from a character journey, character arc, like, where this character ended up for, as opposed to where he started. It all tracks. And his decision to do that totally makes sense. Even if I don't agree with it, even if I would have been like, yeah, t take them, take humanity. I don't give a crap. Like, yeah. you're right. You're 100% right. I don't. Yeah, I got nothing. Go for it. You know, uh, that's where I stand. I'm assuming you're not Team Butterfly, which fine. Whatever, Josh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you? What are you? What are you uh, assuming anything about me about? I feel like between the two of us, you've always had the like slightly higher moralistic ground. <laughs> Um, I, I think that she's making a lot of sense about how, uh, we prioritize our self-governance, uh, and, <laughs> and the ways in which, uh, we are very clearly defacing our existence. Um, I think that for the, I think that immediately in that moment, taking, uh, the human hollowing, uh, butterfly alien at their word of this is what we're trying to do and you should join us i've seen enough movies uh kevin that i think in that final act of like do i want to like now suddenly in this 11th hour moment side with the bad guy feels like that's when the bad guy then stabs me in the well, back that's because you've been watching the propaganda uh -huh, that yeah created could by be. the american <laughs> could be uh so i don't know if i'm just immediately signing on of like oh that's actually a really good point uh i may be a little reluctant to do to do that maybe what i would say is all right well you're making a good point and i won't kill your cow but what I need you to do right now as a sign of good faith so that I can think about this a little bit is fly out of Detective Song, come into this jar. Let me let me hold on to you in the jar for a little while. Let me just think. Give me a day. Give me a couple of days. And uh, as a sign of good faith, you come into the jar. I'll feed you honey from well, the They don't the have a few days. Me. They have to get the cow out of there now. And Why? I if, we're, if we're saying we'll drop our arms for a moment, we could all chill here at the farm. Uh, let me just think about this for a second. Give me a minute. I don't know, because like I think the teleportation equipment was being destroyed. They had to teleport now or never. Uh -huh. uh, it's cow or never, Josh. I suppose. Uh, and I don't think the rest of them would have allowed that, right? Like I think they're on a mission. I think immediately the rest of the team and possibly the government would have like swooped in to do some work. You know, yep. Uh, yep. maybe the Justice League actually would have probably been able to help the cow if they had shown up on time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I feel like the decision had to be made there, and he made the one that was right for him. Whether or not it was the right decision overall, obviously debatable for to the end of eternity. But uh, yeah, yeah. Do we think that there's any chance that um, the butterflies have any sort of resurgence, or you think that that's it? The butterflies are toast after this. This might be the end of the butterflies. I am still not a hundred percent convinced that this wasn't the reach, and it'll still tie into Blue Beetle in some way, shape, or form um which 
I don't think that's a butterfly resurgence necessarily as much as a lingering presence of them. Mm. Okay, interesting. Uh, so the Justice League do show up after the destruction of the cow. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> Just dragging them. Yeah. One of them is a Flash, and he always shows up late. He should have been there. He should have been there on time, I feel like, the Flash. Notoriously uh, late, though. Notoriously. Yeah, really, really great. Um, okay, and so uh, this was all of this was enough to so that Peacemaker and Autobio are, are friends again. Uh, I, I think, think so. I think, I think that this would have been this would have been the thing that if this had if this bridge had not been rebuilt by the end of the finale would be, would have been the thing that I would have been the most upset about. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think they could have done it if they were going to lead into season two, but it I I love their commitment to tell the full story, and I think it works. I think for me, there's no question that they could have gotten over it by this point um, after everything they've been through. Uh, Peacemaker himself has stated stated in earlier. You know, he just he doesn't really give a crap about the fact that she planted. It's more about the betrayal. But she's, I think, proven herself um, more than like committed to them, especially then afterwards going out and just basically blowing the lid off of the Suicide Squad slash Task Force. Right. So let's let's talk that through. That that is a huge development that happens at the end of this is out of bio, just going fully public, blowing the whistle on Task Force X, uh, her own mother's role in everything, what Butterfly Project was all about. Um, how do you think this uh, kicks the doors down heading into a second season of the show? Um. Yeah, I'm actually really curious about how it heads into what it means. Is he serving his sentence out now fully? Does he get a pardon for all the stuff he did? How does Amanda Waller, you know, play into all of this? How does the Suicide Squad move forward from this if they do? I think there's a lot of doors that just open. And I think if James Gunn is not going to be able to do a follow-up to the movie, he can do a follow-up via season two of Peacemaker. So I think that'd be an interesting way of, of playing towards this and seeing uh, how things shake out. Is to have like um, Peacemaker season two effectively be Suicide Squad 3? It's quite possible. And I really know it depends on perspective because there's so many great characters. Um in the Suicide Squad to the point that if we're talking about things he could be doing, um, I actually think he mentioned some sort of possible spinoff of the Suicide Squad um, beyond Peacemaker. So he could do like a rat catcher show and maybe that takes place, you know, and that's the pickup from it. Um, I think there's a lot of options of where we can go in season two. Ideally, it should be a Peacemaker centric story and keep what we have so far without going too big and too broad. Cause I think you'd lose some of the charm when you just get too big like that. But of course, I, I mean, my trust is in James Gunn, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm putting my uh, butterfly in his hands. I don't know. Butterfly uh, in your hands. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, that's, that's, that's my thought on, on what, what they could do in season two here. Um, but either way, I'm 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 excited for it. I'm excited to see where because there's stuff that they can still continue. He's seeing his dead dad as like a haunted ghost, so like that's happening. You know, that's a thing that I think has to be followed up on as well. Yeah, um, we should talk about that as well. Uh, is that yes, Augie is dead, but the ghost of Peacemaker's father remains. And um, your friend in mind, the great Todd, the librarian, patron of Post Show Recaps. I was talking with him about this in the Discord, and he was talking about how this is very much of the Peacemaker comics. Um, that this is something that in um, the modern iterations of the Peacemaker, um, this is what Todd said, when they rebooted Peacemaker post-crisis, 
His origin was tied to trying up to make for the evils of his dad, a literal actual Nazi officer uh, committed. And after his father's suicide, uh, after his father's suicide, he started being hounded by a vision of his dad decked out in full Nazi regalia. Uh, I know it was a big part of the Peacemaker miniseries in the late 80s and may have carried over into his appearances in other books. So there's canonical um, in continuity in the comic books um, precedent for Peacemaker being haunted by his dad effectively, which makes me think that Robert Patrick, despite you know being his character being killed off on the show, would likely still have a role to play in a second season of Peacemaker. Do you like that, or uh, could you live without this whole uh, Peacemaker's being haunted by his dad stuff? Because we got a decent taste of what it would be like here in the finale with like the poison dart and everything, all of that stuff. Yeah, um, I don't dislike it, honestly. I think it helps in terms of the character uh, still having to process what he did because I do think for the character, it's a it's a huge moment and it's a pretty rough moment to have to kill your own parent. So I, I think it makes sense to me, right? And it is pulling from the comic. Uh, I mean, the idea of dead relatives haunting you in some way via your helmet or your sword like Katana, which I believe both of those were created by John Ostrander, um, is not like unheard of, right? Like it's 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 a very uh, familiar territory for comics, so it's not out of nowhere. It totally fits into the world and what we know. So does him possibly being a real ghost. So like it's comics, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, what if that's what it is? What if season two of Peacemaker gets into ghost busting territory? Uh, <laughs> you know yeah. how badly I wanted Peacemaker on an alien planet. I think the only thing that I would be even more hyped about is Peacemaker in the afterlife, busting ghosts. Uh, have you seen Send that movie? Peacemaker to hell. <laughs> Peacemaker in hell, season two. Let's I do mean, this. That would be interesting. Again, precedent. There is a hell in the DC universe. There this are is what people I want. who are like hell demons. Yeah. Have Etrigan show up. Why not? Yes. Yes. This is. Oh, man. A James Gunn Etrigan show would be really cool. That uh, actually would be goddamn incredible. Yeah. I think Peacemaker in hell would be amazing. Said Peacemaker to hell. You know, <laughs> that is the thing is I do feel like there should be some escalation in setting and stakes uh, in a future season of Peacemaker. Like, let's get weird. We can get really, really weird here. I think that uh, season one definitely pushed it in terms of how weird the show is willing to go. But you're talking about a world where Bat might exist. Like, give me Batmite or the Batmites of the world. You know, that is something that I really do hope that we get when we go into season two is with the very obvious success of the show, like the metric uh, success, uh, the objective measures of success on this show that it gives um, it gives the people in charge of like letting James Gunn do whatever he wants, like permission to let James Gunn do whatever he wants and that they could get a little bit uh, even crazier with it in the second season. I think, yeah, continue the tradition. I also think that it worked to James Gunn's uh, credit, I guess, because in the interviews when he talks about some of the stuff that, that, that he did in this, uh, he had a real uh, DGAF attitude. I felt like where at certain points, Warner brothers would give notes uh, and I forgot the the one previously, but Batmite was one of them where it's just like, Batmite, do you really want to like reference Batmite and bring him into this world? And James Gunn's response is just like, I have to have that. Like, I, I, that has to be in here. And they're like, okay. And he's like, that didn't need to be in here at all. But like, he was just like, does not give a crap, right? Doesn't give a shit about their like 
do you do you really need this and his answer is just like absolutely i have to have that it's important and it's just like yeah of course like not stop being so precious stop being so goddamn precious you get good stuff when you're not like you don't have to be fully willy-nilly and i think like they just don't understand that balance i think james gunn even stated a question was like you know about like doing a show like this and like how, why do you think it works or blah 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 and he was just like because i care about the characters like right. and it's just like that's the key hire people that give a shit about these characters and you'll get good movies don't just hire your guy in your rolodex for god's sakes who did your crappy other movies and he's just easy and do it's what you want jesus anyway. yeah yeah well i think that it seems like they've maybe learned some lessons here i uh, hope so certainly we'll find out in like a month after the batman comes out it's certainly well listen if the batman's not good it's not because they hired bad people like all the people no i'm saying like what their lesson learning is mm, because there's two it. lessons there's the comedy of peacemaker and then there's the ultra violence of what i'm sure the batman is and whether they what lessons they learn from each is going to be interesting. Hopefully it's good though. Hopefully it's I good. hope so. Uh, one last thing that I want to make sure we talk about in Peacemaker is uh, they really didn't end up doing too much with Judo Master. Just Judo Master was apparently on board with uh, with the Goth Butterfly's plan, um, but then all we really got from Judo Master was Judo Master was too late to the party as well uh, and was just sobbing and eating snacks in the Which middle of the Which was my one prediction yeah. that Judo Master was going to show up at some point and be eating chips and yeah. nailed it <laughs> yeah did you like that you were happy with the I use was, of judo master I, was. I, mm -hmm. I, I mean obviously judo master i think is going to continue to play a part in the series uh which i would love um so like yeah i was okay with that uh that appearance that because we knew judo master was on their side more or less so if judo master had shown up it might have been the moment judo master finally died i'm glad that that didn't happen and i'm glad that we might see more of judo master in season two yeah uh so uh what about judo master show i don't know maybe <laughs> we need to know a little bit more about judo master but we knew very little about peacemaker yeah. going in so it's quite possible yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I need a Judo Master show. Show up Shang-Chi by having Judo Master show. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, I have a very important question as we start closing the book on season one of Peacemaker and looking ahead towards uh, an inevitable second season of Peacemaker. Certain characters died this season. Some shall be ghosts in the form of a Robert Patrick uh, continuing on as Ghost Augie, perhaps. Uh, that sounded like Ghost Doggy. Uh, ghost doggy uh ghost <laughs> dog much, much better ghost is ghost uh, doggy uh some may not such as Mern, who uh had already been killed by the butterfly that became the Mern that we knew and then that butterfly and Mern are both dead kevin do they have to change the intro for season two uh will they have to film a new dance sequence with new cast members and if so is there any way that the season two opening credits could rival the season one opening credits? Is this something that we should be concerned about moving into the second season of the show is that we are going to lose a little bit of the taste of season one. You are going to lose credits. a little bit of the taste, but I think we're going to get something just as good um, at the very least. Consider Guardians, right? The opening of Guardians 1 is iconic, like having Peter Quill dancing across the planet you know um to um oh my god i'm blanking on the song uh i don't have it readily love. available there come and is. get your love sure. you know like uh him dancing across the planet like that and then guardians 2 uh had baby groot dancing to elo while they fought in the you know the giant monster in the background 
Yeah. Both of those worked extremely well. I, I love both of those intros. So I do think we'll get something new, but I think we'll get something that is as good at the very least and ideally better than what we have uh, already. Okay. Uh, I think that probably the season two credits, my prediction, step down. Step down from the season one credits. That's okay. I guess we'll it's gonna, see. <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to match. Hard I to think. top. Hard to top. Really hard to top. Um, what else from It's Cow or Never or just Peacemaker season one overall, Kevin? Man, um, I don't know if there's too much left. Uh, I'm just ecstatic about how it all turned out. Uh, I wish there was more immediately, obviously. Uh, I'm glad Eagly and Vigilante both made it out of there. Uh, so, like, yeah, just... Is Vigilante going to be really upset when he finds out that he's not as uh, high up in Peacemaker's friendship rankings as Adebayo? Uh, he, I hope he never uh, finds uh, out about that. I also love that he's just, like, you know, like, pieced his way out of that hospital by jumping out the window. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Just, whoop, gone. Do we think uh, Harcourt and Peacemaker are going to be an item after this? Oh, man. I, you know, my hope is not. Um, I think that Peacemaker needs a lot of himself to work on. We haven't uh, talked about, um, this is totally my bad. We did not bring it up last week when it was, uh, when it was canonized in this horrible, you know, uh, conversation between Peacemaker and his father and his father reaming out Peacemaker and all the things that he was so disappointed in his son about. And it brings up how Peacemaker, uh, was having sex with all sorts of women and men, he says, uh, and the canonization of Peacemaker as a bisexual character, I missed which was that completely, That's which was amazing, which was apparently, uh, John. John Cena's idea uh, for Peacemaker as well. Uh, so that's something that we didn't talk about last time. Um, but, a, but I think that the, the stuff that we would not have had last week was that it was John Cena's idea. Uh, I that's believe it's something great. that James Gunn has said. Yeah, it seems great. Uh, really, really does. Big well, ups also... to my Twitter follower, John Cena. Uh, oh, God but I would... God damn you, God damn you to hell. <laughs> I, would, I would love to explore more of that in season two. I think it would be great. Yeah, and we got, you know, like, this This gives interesting, I think, actual context to we know that he had a three-way with uh, Amber and mm -hmm. Vigilante. So I do think that, like, is interesting because what could have been just, like, you know, put, put off on one corner actually opens it, I think, in a different interpretation of that of that moment, which I think is great. I think that's awesome, and I think it's great that it's John Cena's idea to have that be canonized like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to see that exploration. I don't think he should get together with Harcourt. I mean, I think they both have their problems, but I also feel like, again, you can have a situation like with Autobio where um, they're just friends, right? Like, I think that's okay. And with Autobio, it's because he had, like, she's married and right. obviously uh, is gay herself. Right. But it would be great to have a situation like this where you can also have like two extremely attractive people who just don't want to bone each other in that way. And like they're just friends. And I think that would be great, too. It just is something that it's just like I think boggles people's minds where it's just like, wait, but you're both attractive and you don't want to hook up. And it's just like, no, we're good. And it's just like, oh, what? I don't get it. And it's just like maybe you don't get it because we don't ever, ever see it. So I think it's OK to like kind of like maybe do something like that two points on that for one clearly peacemaker would love to hook up with Hartcourt. like he's made for that sure. fairly fairly clear and then the other thing is uh i just love the turn of phrase they don't want to bone each other that way 
uh, yeah. that you said. It's like, well, which way would they like to bone each well, other? There's the, is... there's the emotional boning, right? <laughs> which is when you get the like actual relationship. And then there's just like the, the yeah. you know, like the, yeah. the, 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 the yeah. everyday boning. Well, <laughs> it just... was... It was delightful to uh, emotionally bone Peacemaker all season long. What a what a just a terrific season it's of not, TV. That's not what that means, Josh. You used it. Is that, did I use it wrong? Did I use it wrong? Uh, when in Rome. Mm-hmm, yeah, we put bones in Peacemaker, as they would say on the after party. Uh, just a really, really, really great show. Season one was amazing. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for whatever they're going to do next. Uh, I hope it's not too long, but I hope it's however long they need. You know, yep. uh, there's uh, that's the that's sort of the beauty of where we well, are in TV right now. Guardians three first. And he's yeah, he's got a, he's got a lot to do. So take your time, finish Guardians three, and then give yourself whatever space you need. Though it sounds like he can multitask. Uh, he he uh, had written much of Peacemaker, if not all of Peacemaker, um, or, or conceived of so much of the of the show while making the Suicide Squad. Uh, so, you know, it does seem like James Gunn can, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, According pretty obviously interview. He actually is doing exactly that. He has yep. said that Makes basically sense. guardians three is done in the creative sense. Like he's still directing and all that part of it, but like he can spend, he's not like scripting anymore. He's done with those parts. So he's actually, uh, said he's like kind of already starting to like in his mind, like, and probably will physically start writing down stuff about peacemaker season two while doing guardians three nice uh so we'll get to it whenever we get to it there's so much tv out right now so there's is there there's no no small amount of content to consume while we wait for uh while we wait for a second peacemaker um so in terms of everything is super we are wrapped on peacemaker um i think it is likely that we are going to have to take next week off as i am going to be away from the podcast mike for just a little bit um we will try if we can to get you a, uh, a Batman preview, a podcast about Batman generally, but the Batman specifically as well before the movie drops in theaters. If we're not able to get you that preview, which we're certainly going to try and do, but just want to warn everybody that it's possible that we're not going to be able to get to it, um, we will uh, for sure be talking about the Batman after we see it. The movie drops March 4th. Kevin and I are watching it uh, March 5th is the plan uh, at roughly the same exact time on different coasts. Uh, And we will turn around the podcast very shortly after that with our initial takes. Uh, And I would not be surprised if we have a couple of other Batman podcasts beyond that point. Uh, And then we will go from the Dark Knight to Moon Knight uh, as we return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, to Marvel for the first time here in 2022. Uh, as uh, we go away from Peacemaker and Batman to Moon Knight later uh, in March. Uh, so that's what you can look forward to on Everything is Super for the next little while. Uh, as we mentioned at the start of the show, we are also wrapping up Extra Season 1. Our first coverage of X-Men the Animated Series Season 1 is about to wrap as well. You can listen to that podcast, the Season 1 finale of the X-Men podcast, over at patreon.com slash post show recaps bringing in one of my favorite superhero stories ever in for at least a first landing um really excited to talk through all of that with kevin go to patreon.com slash post show recaps to check that out kevin what else is going on give some plugs yeah uh, i will say though uh i found this out recently um that moon knight is a show like i didn't know too much about obviously um but i found out 
uh, two directors that I absolutely love are involved in the show. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who did uh, two movies. I love Resolution, uh, The Endless. They've done a couple more stuff from there that I uh, synchronize synchronization. Um, huge fans of their work. Uh, so I found out that they're doing stuff on Moon Knight. I got me real jazz. So I'm happy about that. So I'm actually more jazzed up about Moon Knight than I originally Moon was. Moon Knight, I think, has potential to be very fun. I think at the very least, it's going to be great podcasting. Trying to do Oscar Isaac impressions. I've been having weird dreams. Uh, I'm ready. I'm Is ready. Is that in the trailer? Yes, it's in the trailer. <laughs> I'm having an odd time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I can't wait to experience this. Of my moon dreams. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be great. I can't wait. It's going to be super fun. It's going to be a really, really good time. Uh, as for plugs, um, you know, I got YA, the YA podcast that I co-host with Melissa Woodward. And uh, for the Har- duration of Harry Potter, Brooklyn Zed, a PSR's very own. Um, we're all going to be talking about the films and we're going to have guests on to talk about uh, the franchise as a whole. It's been a great time. We have done the first one, uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, depending on where you're located, uh, and the Chamber of Secrets. And we're going to be heading into uh the prisoner of azkaban coming up very soon uh arguably the most popular uh book amongst readers uh and i think amongst most people uh uh one of the favorite movies i know zed is not a fan of that movie so we're really excited to get into that take because i think that's a hot take um, i don't think it's that hot of a take is it oh man so this is this is interesting it's i love i love i love the book and desired so much more from that movie wow yeah there it is right like so that's that's me tough but we're gonna be well i would just about. love that alfonso Cuarón's like yeah i'll make you a harry potter movie but i'm not gonna spend too much time on it yeah i'm not know? gonna spend a, a two hours and 40 minutes like the previous chamber of secrets that's what he should have done there's so much in ask so anyway much in whatever Asking, man. uh it's a phenomenal phenomenal book um so uh, that's what I got going on there. Of course, the extra podcast coming up soon. You can catch me uh, on twitch.tv slash DM Philly on Tuesdays every now and then where I've rejoined the Dragonfly crew to do some D&D in space. So check that out. Um, so I don't think I have anything else beyond that. I think that's my life, Josh. <laughs> He's at Kev Mahadeo on Twitter. If you want to know more about what Kevin's got going on, what Kevin's up to, uh, follow him at Kev Mahadeo. I am at Round Howard. So much is happening here on Post Show Recaps. There's the Severance podcast that I mentioned before, uh, and that's one of the many podcasts that we have up in our binge show recaps feed, uh, which is our home for all streaming service coverage we put in the binge show recaps feed so make sure you want to check that out postshowrecaps.com slash binge is uh the rss link for that feed i think we've uh, we're covering a ton of shows that you're that you're going to be interested in so make sure you subscribe to that your ratings and reviews on all the podcast feeds of course are greatly appreciated if you are able to take some time out of your day and let us know what you think of what we've got going on here on post show recaps all right we are going to talk about x-men next kevin and i over on the extra podcast at patreon.com slash post show recaps you could listen to it for free on the website or sign up to become a patron of post show recaps and get that podcast feed uh for yourself however you want to do it kevin i'll see you over there everybody else we'll see you for the batman as soon as we are able to discuss the batman coming next on everything is super take care Bye-bye. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.